Like retribution, I'm here to destroy the show from within by becoming its champion. And as the kids on the internet would say, he's got the cake. I wish you wouldn't have said that, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) This is the saddest episode of the show ever. (laughs) Neither of you know what is going on. Erica, we need you. If you're listening. Um, After that finger point of doom of a round, we have Nate with six points. And Sean and Justin with one. I guess thank God for Hubert. Thanks for adding pressure. Um, I took away the pressure, you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) As the great Mean Gene Oakland once said, who will survive? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the One Fall Show. My name is Chuck Bean. I am your host for a show that is part game show and part wrestling discussion. And we are hours away from uh, the Survivor Series pay-per-view for this week's One Fall Show. Joining me, as always, is my timekeeper, the uh, person that actually makes it happen. Nate likes to refer to me as the person that makes it happen during our Super Universe mode. But it is all Erica Banas. How are you tonight, Erica? Hello, sweet pea. Um, I'm doing great because uh, on uh, Survivor Series Eve, if you leave an egg underneath your pillow, the gobbledygooker leaves you a brass ring the n- in the morning. So, come on. What a time to be alive. Like it's Christmas. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. I've not seen anything to disprove that particular Survivor Series uh, tradition. Also, as you uh, just heard, we are joined by our Big Ray of Sunshine champion, Mr. Justin Valentine, returning to the show this week. Yeah, it's the Big Ray of Sunshine. I'm glad to be back, and I'm a little disappointed because this might be the first Survivor Series since I've been watching wrestling, which is like 20 years now, that I am not excited about going in. I'm sad. All right. I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, also joining us, uh, the other half of the Sunshine Buddies for uh, the longest time, the $17 man, Mr. Sean Constant. Hey, everybody. I am indeed the $17 man. You can find me on uh, my Patreon, Shawnee Constant's Bootleg Sticker Club, where you can help elevate my status here on the One Fall Show. I also stand before you today as the King Snake. The King Snake. I'm here to do some damage, Chuck. I'm not high, sir. Oh, well, we'll see how that affects your performance today. Also joining us to round out our three uh, contestants and competitors is Mr. Nate Bender, the uh, the guy who makes it happen over on Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream for Super Universe Mode. One, two, princes kneel before you. That's what I said now. Hi, Chuck. Happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much for that, Nate. All right, so let's get into our uh, show. Our show consists of three rounds. Each round has three questions in it. The questions are worth one point, two points, and three points, respectively. Correct answers get you full points, uh, but if you're unsure about an answer, an incorrect answer that is entertaining can net you a point based on the judge's discretion. We're going to go with our champion to uh, start us off this week, You, uh, Justin. You can choose between uh, the Raw and SmackDown category of the Thunderground Underdome, Smack Raw. Yeah, Smack Raw, exactly. Uh, the AEW NXT category of the Wednesday Night War and news and notes from around the ring. Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess because Survivor Series is coming up, we got to start with Smack Raw. Who will survive? All right. For our first question, uh, Justin, talking about Survivor Series, who was named the final member of Team SmackDown's men's Survivor Series team this Friday? 
Otis. Oh, yeah. That's correct. For one point there, Otis. Uh, what do you guys, uh, we were talking just before we got into the show about this uh, year's Survivor Series. Justin, you said you're not super into uh, this year's Survivor Series. Let's discuss before we even get to see the event. So, Chuck, I'm usually with you. Survivor Series is usually one of my favorites. I'm always crazy excited about what could happen leading up to the pay-per-view. I'm not this time around because they don't know what story they're telling. The entire build for this entire show has been confusing. Drew McIntyre's champion again. So by the way, he's facing Roman. Um, Nobody on team SmackDown from the men's side has even mentioned survivor series since they got onto the team. I don't like Otis. I don't want to see Otis involved. The women's mad. Like it just goes on and on. They're trying to tell inner brand stories heading into a brand versus brand pay-per-view and nobody is focusing on what the point of this pay-per-view is supposed to be. So with not much build, like something, it could still be good. I guess something cool or whatever could still happen, but leading into it, I don't know what to make of this. There's nothing that excites me about it because they haven't put any effort into really building this. This is a major indictment on WWE's uh, now long-standing long-term storyline problem. You know, they don't begin to figure out what is going to happen for uh, Survivor Series until four or six weeks before Survivor Series. This should be things that are planned out at the beginning of the year. We should have been seeing Easter eggs or breadcrumbs being laid towards Survivor Series for the longest of times. But instead, they're just like, oh, here's a draft. Here's some people. They got a blue shirt. They got a red shirt. And now they're going to defend them. As you said, SmackDown isn't even recognizing that that's a thing. Uh, so there's there's going to be a match uh, done where pride is at stake, but half of the people don't give a fuck about uh, pride in, in the thing they're fighting for. Absolute trash. Uh, I hope we get a big swerve out of this, this show uh, because WWE continues to be ferreting about seemingly randomly trying to find its direction. They, they have The Fiend on Raw, uh, which I think has a lot of people's interests. They have uh, Roman Reigns doing great heel work on SmackDown, which uh, people are very clearly interested in. They have to figure out how to get all of the rest of the storylines into those streams and start telling stories for next year now so that we are excited when those uh, blooms come to be. Yeah, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish here. Um, you know, what maybe they could have done or should have done um, in absence of the ability to have a good build is um, to kind of go like the more old school route. I mean, you're paying tribute to Taker anyway on this pay-per-view. Why not have a team of heels and a team of faces and then do the rest champion versus champion? I mean, the champion versus champion stuff seems like uh, uh you know like a, a a punt anyway you know like they just seem like they're you know they didn't really have an answer so they went to that um instead of instead of trying to form these teams out of you know the two brands that mean nothing to either either side um a, a team of heels a team of faces that tells the entire story of why they'd be fighting in the first place you know, Shawnee, you said it too. And I think the only thing that saves this pay-per-view from being a bust 
is if there's a some type of swerve or two involved. I don't know if that's a return. I don't know if that's a betrayal. I don't know what it, that could be. But if we're just focusing on wins and losses for each brand tonight, and it, even if they're entertaining matches, if it's just about winners and losers and that's it, like other Survivor Series have been recently, uh, that's it's going to go down as a major bust because, again, they've put no effort into building this. I think after last week's or last year's Survivor Series 2 where they had to scramble and include NXT, I think almost anything they would have done this year was probably going to disappoint. Unless they continued to build the story between NXT and the other rosters, which they chose not to. Good point. Yeah, I still didn't want to see NXT involved. I said it before, that roster is hurt. I, I feel like NXT wouldn't have been able to been uh, represented well this year like they were last year. Look, this uh, we kind of covered everything as far as the build goes. This all goes back to the builds have been awful for all of the pay-per-views, and I will likely watch tonight, and if not, I'll be watching Dawson's Creek because that's my new <laughs> obsession now. I don't know why. Uh, it's look, like, I, I don't like this, every wrestling fan. Survivor Series or Dawson's Creek? Or Dawson's Gosh. Creek. We just don't know. Once again, like th- those those goddamn New Englander children and their sexy school settings. I don't know. But either way, <laughs> it's just the build has been awful. And, and probably because we're going in with absolute low expectations, we might be surprised with something. But then again, why? I just want to go into a pay-per-view and be excited. That's all I really right. want. And they right. haven't been delivering that lately. So there. Ladies and gentlemen, the One Fall Show. Come for the wrestling discussion. Stay for the Spin Doctors in Dawson's Creek. Heck yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Justin, you've got control of the board for our second question for two points. Which two women, uh, for one point each, were attacked and pulled from the Raw Survivor Series team? Uh, that would be uh, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Yes. Absolutely. And for an additional two points, who replaced them? Uh, ooh, uh, Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. Yeah, you got all of those answers, all four of those. Uh, the only talking point I really have for this, which is something I was actually yelling at my television when uh, this happened, is where the hell is Naomi? And again, I don't want to harp on the build so much, but in this women's match, SmackDown has a great team if you just look at the superstars on it. But Raw, I mean, you got Nia Jax and Shanna Baszler and then the rest. You know what I mean? Nobody else on that team has a story. No one else on that team has been impressive as of late. And you have stars like Naomi, who everyone loves to watch go, sitting out, not even involved in anything. So, again, it's just another example of why do we care about this match? Why do they care about this match? Why are we having this match? Yeah, uh, someone on Twitter uh, in conversation mentioned that she had been injured. Now, I I honestly don't know if that's accurate or or not. But if she is not injured, it is an absolute disgrace that she is not a part of any of the storytelling, whether it be as a key figure on Raw or uh, as part of the uh, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso uh, developments on SmackDown in some capacity. There's no reason Naomi is not on TV uh, it's one of the rare moments where I say, I hope she's injured because that's the only thing that justifies her not being a part of the women's division right now. I just looked it up. I see nothing about her being injured. Can I just, uh, why, why break up the iconics? If you're just going to take Peyton Royce and saddle her with the dead weight of Lacey Evans, 
the no charisma, absolutely no ability in the ring whatsoever, can't deliver a promo to save her life, can't even remember three fucking lines. Why would you do that to poor Peyton Royce after she did such an incredible job with Billy Kay? I thought, surely, when I saw that, Peyton Royce is going to be on one team. Billy Kay will end up being one of the two spots that fills the SmackDown team. No. Oh, no. What the fuck is actually going on with the storytelling at WWE? There, It is just completely clueless. I do not understand any of the booking decisions, any of the storytelling decisions. I, it's just, it's all bad. It's all bad. And I think if you were going to call up somebody from NXT, this would have been the perfect opportunity for it. If you're going to sure. add a Rhea Ripley or something. Nope, it's uh, Bailey. Yeah. Nope, it's Bailey. <laughs> it's fucking Bailey. Why? Why? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, not not the build that we would absolutely be looking for See, for this. I don't hate Bailey being involved as much as I hate Lana being involved. Why are we pushing Lana to be involved in stuff? And I, I, I that's where I wish they would have taken the fact that Lana gets put through tables every week, fake an injury. Okay, now we need a fifth person for the Raw team, and that's where the NXT call up comes in. That was the 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 absolute preposterous thing about the Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose thing because Lana has uh, has been suffering way worse abuse than just a fucking backstage attack from Mia Yim. I mean, for fuck's hey, sake. that's reckoning. Like, that's okay, reckoning. Whatever. It's just, it's, it's actually exhausting. It's exhausting because you're trying to make sense of a product that the people who are making it don't give a shit about. They don't give a shit whether you understand it. They don't give a shit whether it makes sense. They're just like, that's eh, it's wrestling, whatever. They'll fucking eat it. I'm I'm so tired of this mentality that comes from the largest wrestling organization on the fucking planet. It's so exhausting. Uh, I just want to say that the episode's tentative title as of right now is Nate yells a lot this episode. So <laughs> I just want to just want to say that is literally in my notes. I'm let's, like, let's that get could be a title WWE topic and we'll be good. <laughs> I don't right. know. I don't know. This was kind of a boring week wrestling wise. It but, wasn't and, a good week for wrestling at all. Yeah, it was just kind of meh. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what magic happens. Chuck, take it away. <laughs> All right, well, let's go to our third and final question in the WWE. That's all, folks. WWE category. Whoa. Okay. change on the WWE roster this week in the programming. Justin, who was it? Wait, say that question. I got I got. You were distracted by your WWE. Yeah. Can you one more time? A major title change this week on WWE main roster programming. What was it? Oh, uh, I met Drew McIntyre as champion. Yeah, absolutely. Drew McIntyre taking the championship. I have to say, personally, if there's one thing I like about them doing champion versus champion at Survivor Series, it's that the last couple of years, a champion, a major championship changes hands the yeah. week before, and I I enjoy that. It feels like them doing it that at Survivor Series forces them to make the television show 
somewhat interesting and like in that week before. Yeah. I just, I didn't like how this went down. I remember they did it last year with uh, AJ, right? Um, I think it was Daniel and, Bryan uh, who turned heel last or no. Oh yeah. 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 That's what it was. Daniel Bryan over AJ. Right. Right. And that was fine. But I like, I didn't like this cause he just put the title on Randy Orton. Drew McIntyre had already had it for months and months. Um, I was okay with Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. Again, another match I wasn't excited about because they haven't really told any story, but I was okay with it. Um, with the idea with the Miz potentially ca- cashing in, I mean, Survivor Series is the 10-year anniversary of him cashing in on Randy Orton 10 years ago. So I thought that all made sense for a swerve at Survivor Series. WWE writing did not agree with me on that. Um, I also don't like big names like a Randy Orton, The Fiend, not being involved in Survivor Series because they were too focused on the WWE title picture. What should have happened is after Orton won, Drew McIntyre and The Fiend be involved on Team Raw and tell that story for a month and then go back to focusing on the WWE title after Survivor Series. But now that they did that, Randy Orton and The Fiend, neither one is on the card heading into Survivor Series. Now, I'm sure one or both of them will make an appearance of some sort, but for a top four pay-per-view and those two names not to be on the you know card leading into the show, it's just it's not a good look. I'm curious what changed. Like, I'm curious what necessitated and facilitated the need to put the belt back onto Drew. Because, you know, you would think, why put it on Randy to begin with? He only held it for less than four weeks. Um, To me, I think, you know, and I'm just kind of theory crafting here. If I had to guess, I would think that maybe... Edge's recovery is taking longer than they thought it would. So he's not going to be healthy in time for WrestleMania because that is what most of the theories were is that they were going to build to the, the third match between Randy and edge at WrestleMania. So that's entirely possible. If that's the reason that makes sense, I guess if the reason is uh, the other thing that I've heard is that uh, uh, Randall may have uh, dropped dirty on a drug test. Um, oh, okay. Cause, well, because he is the vapor after all. Um, so <laughs> he, yeah, thank you. I'm glad one person <laughs> laughed at that. One person laughed at that. The rest of you fucking sandbagged it, but uh, that's fine. Um, now you know how I feel. God damn it. <laughs> but but uh, if that's the reason, um, you know what? Randy doesn't need a title. Randy really doesn't need the WWE. He's he can collect a pay paycheck and can you know sit home and vape all he wants. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I just it's it's a very curious decision to make uh one week before uh you know the 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 pay-per-view and if they because i wasn't aware that they did this last year that makes it a doubly dumb move because everyone saw it fucking coming yeah well and and i if i remember correctly survivor series gave us uh the maharaja or no wait he lost his title that's what happened yeah he was supposed to fail it was supposed to be him versus brock and he lost it that was like, yeah. So they've done this almost what three out of four years or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. 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 That's not a good look. I will say the vapor is a much better pun than the vapex predator. <laughs> yeah. that, oh, I kind of like that though. But, uh, Both of them are good. Not bad. Not bad. 
That ends our third round, so we'll go to Erica for our point totals. Pretty sure I know where this lands, but there might be a surprise or two. <laughs> I mean, no, there's not a surprise or two. Uh, Justin, with a commanding lead of eight points, he ran that category. Hats off to you, good sir. Um, honestly, like, I okay, I structured this entire game today to really kind of come down to the final fall, which is, it's not a peak dick question, but I think y'all have a lot of fun with it. So once again, still anyone's game. Not the first time Erica's going to pat herself on the back for that final fall. I can tell you that. No, sure. it's, oh my God. No, come on, Chuck. You, when you saw it, you're like, oh fuck, that's good. I'm not saying it's not deserved. I'm just saying it's not the last time you'll hear that. I just want to point seen- out. I just want to point out that the term peak dick in any other context is very yeah. awkward. Very. <laughs> What was last year week? Uh, top shelf dick. Top, yeah. Top, no, no. Wait. Did I say top shelf or top drawer? I think top, it was top, top drawer. Dick. I think it was top, top drawer. Top drawer. Top drawer, top drawer, top drawer dick. Top shelf <laughs> dick <laughs> next week. All right. Look what everything is in the works. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to our second round, and uh, we'll throw it to Nate for this particular round. Uh, Nate, you can choose from either the news and notes around the ring or the Wednesday night war. I guess let's go with the Wednesday night war. All right, starting with NXT. Uh, they had a fantastic show this week that Did came they? to an epic close with the return of whom? Uh, the Undisputed Era. Absolutely. That's one point on the board. Um, I if Anybody who watched this, anybody who's seen this coming up has immediately gone to War Games. This has to be War Games. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? I think... This could be absolute, an absolutely phenomenal War Games. And I honestly don't think they've disappointed with a War Games yet. Uh, yeah, I, I think that this is definitely a good setup with uh, for the War Games. I worry a little bit about Pat McAfee being part of War Games just because that's kind of operating on a much, much higher level than just having a good match with Adam Cole, you know? Um, that's a lot of faith to place in a dude who has had one tele- televised match. That said, he is an excellent heel. He is so good as a heel. His promos are excellent. His chicken shit mannerisms. Um, he is maybe the only enjoyable part of NXT right now. Wow. I'm struggling with NXT lately. I feel like ever since they lost Keith Lee and Karrion Cross uh, and Mia Yim and Dominic Dijakovic all in one swoop, Justin has said it before that is a roster that is hurt. It got its core got gutted and they have not been able to fill a lot of those positions. Those are a lot of big guys that are gone. And so now you're kind of left with the Garganos and um, not, not that I think that Johnny Gargano is bad. It's just, it's NXT is feeling a lot like two Oh five live these days. NXT has just been difficult for me to get through. Uh, that said, the last two segments this week between the the Rhea Ripley match and um, uh, Undisputed Era coming out, uh, those were two very bright spots. I thought this finish was phenomenal. I was so hyped when they started going. Because here's the one thing I'll say. Pat McAfee, I was not originally a fan of him coming back and telling another story and being involved in something else. 
I was saying Adam Cole deserves better. I was saying all that because normally when you bring a non-wrestler, whether it's a, an athlete or celebrity and try to do too much in wrestling, it doesn't work. I am telling you now I was wrong. wrong McAfee. Nate just said it. He is phenomenal on the mic as a heel. The best asshole you can be on the mic. And part of it is because he isn't, he hasn't gone through the promo trainings that all the other wrestlers who come up through have gone through. He's doing, he is who he is everywhere. He's got a sports podcast and all that. He's on ESPN. He, what you see on NXT minus the swearing every now and then is what you see everywhere else of him. And that's, what's great. The other thing that sold me is if you didn't focus on during that brawl, the bump took and the way he sold them, go watch that brawl one more time and go watch Adam Cole beating the shit out of him. Out. And the, the shit that he took and the way he sold it made it that that moment of the brawl and the Undisputed Era coming back that much better. He got whipped into the, the plexiglass and he did a flip to sell it. He took a big kick to the face. I mean, it was awesome. This guy is legit. If he wanted to stay in NXT long-term, he could pull it off. I doubt that's what they want to do. I'm sure after war games, he's out. Cause what, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Cause he was talking trash to Finn Balor. Maybe this is a long-term thing. I don't know, but he's good. This He is that, damn good. But I, I will say war games, Nate, you a good point. That is a high standard for a guy that isn't a full-time wrestler. Yeah, just remember how War Games ended last year. It was an air raid off of the fucking top of the cage. Right. Uh, I, and that was uh, a Champa and was it Gargano that took it? Or I can't I think remember. It was Adam who. Cole. It might have been Adam Cole. Yeah, yeah it was because they cut to Britt Baker in the fucking audience uh, that year. And yeah, like it, it, it is at such a higher level uh, that that the War Games happens at. Um, I, I do want to talk about real quick that that kick that uh, that uh, uh, McAfee took that. I think that was legit. Like that was a, yes. that, that he was not. He didn't have to sell that because I think Adam Cole sent that. Like, I don't know if that was a receipt for something, but boy, did he ever send that kick? And it was great. It was it was a, a, a great moment in that brawl. Missed all of it, Chuck, but I'm looking forward to war games. NXT's <laughs> pay-per-views are always great, but as long as they continue to go head-to-head against AEW, they're not getting my time. I think wow. I said on Twitter that uh, my favorite part of that brawl is when Pete Dunn goes for an insecurity and uh, Kyle O'Reilly just takes a step backwards and he just eats shit. <laughs> it makes it look terrible. That whole brawl. And listen, I think Pete Dunn, I, he was a replacement for Ridge Holland, right? Because Holland yes. got hurt. Pete Dunn is an upgrade upgrade to that group. I think yeah. he is he is going to sell this story way better than Ridge Holland ever would have. Yeah, I, I I mean it's really impressive what a living Simpsons character can actually do in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe Nate, maybe, maybe cool it with the the fucking fake Tanner, homie. Yo, yeah, very much so. All right, let's move on to our second question. Are you even a wrestling fan? <laughs> I've, you know, I'm wondering the same thing myself these days, Shawnee. <laughs> Why are you watching shit? <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the second question in our uh, Wednesday Night War round. Moving over to AEW, the John Moxley Kenny Omega contract signing this week did not go as planned. Uh, why didn't uh, Why didn't they get the contract signed this week, Nate? 
Uh, John Moxley got knocked out backstage. Yeah. He got uh, jumped backstage. That was after delivering a promo where he let us all know that Renee is pregnant. That was uh, amazing. Sorry. Any thoughts ahead. on who attacked Moxley? Kenta. I would love that. I yeah. fucking <laughs> I would lose my shit if that was true. I I was I forget what I was watching, whether if if it was Russell Talk or whether it was what culture. But someone has a theory, and I thought that this was an interesting theory, that the position that John's legs are in, he's they're in a four which is the uh, leg position of the hanged man tarot card. So could very well be hinting at hangman hang Adam page. page. That would or the fantastic four. Oh, who better than to sneak in backstage and take out Moxley. Forget Adam the invisible page, women. Man. Yeah, forget Adam Page. We need to make sense. Fantastic Four. <laughs> the that whole leg theory, that's some red string on a corkboard yeah. type shit that yeah. was laid out. <laughs> yes. Like holy it, shit. It totally, it totally is. But I, I I love the theory and I hope that it I mean, that'd be some very subtle storytelling. Kenta has been piping up on social media directly at Mox. Really? And he does. Well, because he does have um, the briefcase for the United States Championship, which Moxley still holds. Oh, so. okay. so that that actually makes sense then. It does make sense. But it's one of those things where, like, is this the first step of, like, a partnership between AEW and and NJPW, which obviously is something that people like myself and Shawnee are, are dying to see. Um, however, if it's not Kenta and it does go back to the way his legs are, are placed similar to it's very, who shot Mr. Burns at this point, uh, who shot Johnny Bravo. If, 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 uh, if exactly, <laughs> dude, if they could pick up on, on how people are dissecting this and like start playing into it, I think that would be a really fun angle. It would. Yeah, be I, I, that That's a lot to think that they thought that far ahead and that much in depth. Like even even peak wrestling storytelling isn't that in depth normally, so it could be a thing. It would no, because that's the fucking Da Vinci Code at that point. Like it's great <laughs> though. I would love right. that. You'll rule the day. Yeah, it's the Pepe Silva of uh, for you. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia fans of uh, of professional wrestling. There, he's got the board behind him, and he's trying to figure out who the. Uh, who the male's going to? <laughs> it reminds me of the movie uh, The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp, where he's yeah. looking through old satanic books and there are different pictures that he has to solve. I'm saying Vince McMahon is the devil, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to our third and final question in this uh, particular category. Uh, Nate, this one's for you still. you uh, Your opportunity to get three more points. Also coming to us from AEW, what faction reunited this on this week's episode of Dynamite? Uh, that would be Death Triangle, the worst name for a stable in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I remembered that you were not a fan of that particular name for that stable. Um, let's talk about Death Triangle. Is anyone surprised that uh, Penta and Phoenix are back with Pac now that he's there, uh, much less leaving Kingston's faction? Uh, and you guys look forward to a potential feud? So I actually think that this makes perfect sense. Uh, some of the rumors that uh, have been going around is that AEW is looking to do a three-man tag championship, uh, which puts, you know, both the family 
and uh, Death Triangle and Best Friends. And I'm trying to think of all of the I mean, there there are a lot of trios that that could be put up uh, for for something like that. So um, if that's the direction that they're going in, that seems to be a, a pretty good way to to do that. Um, I don't know that the family, quote unquote, uh, was necessarily the best faction. They were clearly building toward, um, you know, Eddie Kingston being kind of this mad genius sort of thing and uh, manipulating the other guys. So, yeah, no, I, I, I like where this is going. This is definitely uh, pretty interesting. First of all, for long term booking, I don't want to see a man tag championship in any promotion. I think even if it works right now with what you got right now, a year from now you're going to regret it because it's going to it's going to get you into a corner somehow you're you're putting too many people in one storyline and to me I don't like the tag championship two man team is for a title at least that's the limit of what you need to do in my opinion. Um, for this one, I think, yeah, like for this specific storyline with Pac and Kingston, yeah, it makes sense. I like it. Um, I was always confused, and we've talked about the AEW storytelling in the past with Kingston's family, uh, you know, faction. It was a weird story because randomly out of nowhere, you know, the Lucha Bros aren't getting along, and all of a sudden they're fading, and Eddie Kingston's favoring one of them, and so on and so forth, and all of a sudden they're reuniting, I guess. So, I mean, that story leading up to last week was always confusing for me. Uh, but where it is now, I like it. Um, I think it'll end up pretty good. I was surprised by how quickly it developed. You know, as I was watching, it started to percolate in my head. Oh, they can start to work Pac towards stealing the Lucha brothers away from the family. And then before the segment was over, the, the whole story had unwound. Um, I love Pac being back. I th- I've, I've said it before. I feel like he's adding a Hall of Famer to a championship team with AEW right now. And uh, the Lucha Brothers are incredible. Uh, name aside, I think that he works better in Spanish than English. Uh, in ring, though, I think that they are going to be an incredible heel faction. Uh, imagine how much fun they would be in front of live audiences. Yeah, I agree with that. Although I, I'm going to disagree with with Justin on the the three man uh, tag championship, uh, I think you know with the emphasis that AEW has on tag teams, you're either going to wind up with a division that has 22 tag teams, or you got to figure out what to do with some of that lower card. Um, you know, with the way that even they're bringing in tag teams at this point, uh, yeah. I, I I think that you know. If you want to feature tag team wrestling in a meaningful way, sure, construct a you know have a have a belt uh, and a championship that that constructs it, but make sure that you have the roster to be able to support that championship. What drives me crazy is when WWE is like, yeah, let's do a women's tag championship, and then breaks up every women's tag team. Right. De- that's dead end booking. Whereas. Uh, Justin, I think early on in AEW, I would have agreed with you. I'm thinking long-term. I think right now and maybe for this year, it works, right? But as people come and go, as, you know, between, like, for Brian Cage, Will Hobbs, Ricky Starts, those are guys who individually could be successful. And at some point when they want a singles run of some sort, it it just, I think long-term, years down the road, as, like I said, maybe someone gets released, someone moves on, contracts up, and you got to, you're going to get yourself into a corner that you're going to have these three man titles, but not enough three man teams. And that's no, where I, it gets confusing. If any roster is not going to have that problem, it's AEW. 
Yeah, and I think that as long as you have two EVPs with the last name of Jackson, that that is never going to be a problem. Yeah, I give you that. Um, I I will say that NJPW has their never open weight six man tag championship, and it's it's a great undercard belt. Um, there's really not a big undercard belt other than I mean I I wouldn't even consider the TNT championship to be the in a. a total undercard belt truth be honest um or truth be told i can't either way apparently i can't fucking speak and i'm sober <laughs> i'm not high chuck <laughs> <laughs> anyway um I, I think considering their roster depth it's it's a good idea especially since there's just a lot of talent that is kind of lingering on dark it's just i think also a good way to kind of develop the inner stable warfare um to me whenever like the uh, never open weight six man tag is in play at new japan it's just a great way to kind of get the factions to be fighting each other it, it's 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 a good plot device um so we'll see what happens i'm not surprised that they're going to have one but i i think uh well if, as of right now at least with new japan just because there's kind of a limit on how many people can be in the ring just for the sake of the plague. Um, like that belt's kind of on hold for a bit, even though it's still active. So we'll see where they go with it. Obviously Florida has different standards for COVID than Japan does, mm -hmm. which is why Japan is in certain parts of Japan. They have like 75% capacity for crowds. Yeah. And it's Florida's like, come and lick our floors. Pretty much. <laughs> Honestly, like, you know, lick every doorknob and handrail as far as the eye can see. Florida. There's a, there's a match uh, stipulation I've yet to see. <laughs> All right. All right, Erica, where do the points lay at the end of round two? All righty. At the end of round two, Justin is still in lead with eight points because he got that uh, two point bonus question from the first round. So, collusion. It was bonus points. And once again, you will thank me once we get to final fall. There's Pat on the back number two for you, Chuck. There you go. Uh, Nate has six points. Shawnee still has yet to get on the board, but he will start off round three. Yes. And our uh, third round is our news and notes from around the ring. Quite possibly the most difficult of the three uh, categories. Shawnee, are you ready? Yes. Let you put it that way. Sure, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the audience loves the suspense of seeing me falter in the third round week after week after week. <laughs> All right, Shawnee, for our first uh, our one point question, the WWE settled a lawsuit this week with the police and fire retirement system of which Michigan city that's extremely close to us here. Uh, that would be Warren, Michigan, sir. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a fine government over there. Yeah, a fantastically strange story. It has something to do with uh, Saudi Arabia and the uh, lawsuit uh, with the WWE and how they represented the money that they had invested. All I have to say is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate when uh, $53 million to a retirement fund is justice for the billion dollars you raked in uh, through collusion and sketchy business practices great job carnies great job vince mcmahon great job america i don't got much to say on this except for the fact that i live in warren so shout out to my city to quote cm punk go suck a blood money covered dick 
I think that was somewhere the the quote. I hope so. Is that what he said to uh, Colt Cabana when Colt Cabana asked him to pay the uh, legal bills that <laughs> CM Punk had said he was going to pay? Yes, I think that was the direct quote. Yikes. Ooh. Anything, Erica? <laughs> no, that was just a that, that was a lot even for me to take, you guys. <laughs> yes. All right, well, let's move on to our second question. Shawnee on the board with one point. Uh, this particular one comes to us from AEW. Uh, and some other stuff that was going on on Twitter this week. A video editor for a place called Comeback Studios who'd been working with AEW named, uh, the guy's name is Louis Benson, took to Twitter to recount a bunch of stories from the past year where he was bullied and gaslit by what member, uh, supposedly, of the AEW roster? Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, this is a really strange story, and I'm curious to get your guys' take on it. Um, do you think this guy has any traction as far as uh, you know, the receipts he's got in this story, or do you think it's just kind of a sour grapes uh, situation? Well, could you please explain the story itself? I'm not, I'm not personally familiar with this one. All right, let me uh, let me pull it up real quick. So essentially, a a person who is working on social media. Uh, suggests that Cody Rhodes was abusive verbally um, when he needed time off to deal with uh, COVID. Uh, he was he was essentially told to go uh, suck a blood money flavored wiener or whatever the oh, fuck CM Punk said. <laughs> um, but it's, it's it's it is a situation where he feels that he was essentially drummed out of his role because he wasn't able to hang in 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 the, uh, a locker room kind of setting, right? He was subject to conditions which were much less corporate and much more locker room. Now whether this is true, who the fuck knows? We have no way of knowing. You know, that's the one of the weird things about social media is that a story can catch fire and we really don't have a way to verify it. And people want to make uh, broad brush decisions. I, I have no idea if Cody Rhodes is a good dude or a bad dude. No idea. No way to know. Would it be highly unfortunate if he treated this guy as this guy says? Fuck yes, it would. It, it would be... It would be disgraceful. Uh, you know, it's 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 a lot like the JR stuff, right? You know, JR seems like he was just a huge asshole behind the scenes. Uh, this is the first indication that Cody may have that uh, may have that vein flowing through him as well. Um, if it is true, hopefully he takes note and corrects his ways because uh, you know the brand will not survive a whole lot of this. It never does. We live right. in a social media world and, and actions have consequences. I mean, I'm going to say something that nobody will ever follow and that's step back and wait for some more information to come out before reacting, because there's so many times where people make this shit up just to make Cody look bad to get money, whatever. And there's other times that people with Cody's power and fame are assholes. It's a thing. So, I mean, you got to wait for either more legitimate evidence or if it's a consistent, more people come out and support this and back this. That's when it starts to look bad. But so many people who aren't in the business, Shawnee just said no one knows, but they're going to go on Twitter. And I'm sure if I look it up right now, there's plenty of people bashing Cody already or bashing this guy for uh, the accusations. And you don't know shit. So just step back, wait for some more information. Wait for some more evidence or non-evidence or whatever it may be, and we'll go from there. Otherwise, you can't really form a legitimate opinion on Cody or the situation off of just what we have right now. Well, I can form I can form an opinion of this guy because I read his entire quote, and there were a couple of red flags in there 
that make me go, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, one of his claims is that he wasn't allowed to put his name on credits, uh, which to me is always sort of a trademark of people who have gotten one credit and think that they deserve more and then say, oh, but I did all of this work that I was never credited for. Mm-hmm. I've I've had someone sue me claiming that bullshit before. I think that the claims that this guy brings up are barely bullying they bear i think they barely meet the bar of bullying because it's all everything he says that cody said was never said to him directly it was always said through somebody else it's it's a story that has a million holes it doesn't carry any weight with me and then when you go and look up some of his other social media postings and the language that he uses to me, throw this guy out with the fucking bathwater. This guy is useless. He deserves no attention. He deserves no pity. Fuck this guy. I don't I don't even care if Cody was mean to him because of the shit that he's posted in the past on social media. Fuck this guy. What's the other stuff he shared on social media? I mean, if you I, I, now I now I need to know. Oh, you don't want me to quote it. It's just okay. like young kid being an edgelord internet comedian right like this is something that all of us have had to deal with in a certain capacity as we learn the ramifications of social media um i don't know what i've said in the past on social media but i've been doing the damn thing for you know whatever 15 years so you can be damn sure i was testing material that does not pass muster now that we understand what reaction our words can cause emotionally in people and he seems to have really shined in that way if i'm not mistaken and i quote at uh, you know what i'm not even going to say this guy's fucking social media account because he doesn't deserve okay, that's fine. he doesn't deserve that's fine. it uh but he said uh perez hilton was guest ring announcer for the divas match and is a huge n-word f-word apparently yeah that's from 2012 I'm sorry, if you said that in 1984, it wouldn't have been fucking acceptable. Yep. Fuck Pretty that sure guy. I never said that on social media. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. That's my point. Like, like that alone is enough to make me go, fuck this guy in anything that he claims. He seems like a grifter to me. And if you're willing to use that kind of fucking language, go fuck yourself. You don't you, you get no weight with me. And he dropped into a business full of carnies. Who'd have thought? <laughs> Crazy. All right. Yeah. So uh, that that is that particular question. Shawnee, you are uh, two out of three here. So let's get into our third and final question in the news and notes from around the ring. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, champ. <laughs> On this week's Talk is Jericho, uh, Chris Jericho said the reason Vince McMahon added a writer's room to the WWE staff when SmackDown launched is in 1999 is because he thought the new show was going to be bigger than what popular sitcom at the time? Seinfeld? Ooh, you were so close. You were really close, but unfortunately that is not the one. We'll move this on to Nate. Nate, do you need the question repeated? No, uh, and I did not see this quote, but I'm I, I'm gonna stab blindly. Is it friends? Yes, it is. Ah! That was gonna be my guess. That was gonna be my guess. Damn it, damn yeah, it, well, damn it. You think in 1999 there's only two sitcoms yeah, that you, know, you can yeah. imagine were that big. Uh, the quote from Jericho is uh the reason why writers became a thing 
when they started doing SmackDown in 99 is because Vince made it his motto that SmackDown would be a bigger show than Friends. I don't find this absolutely surprising at all that he would aim so high with SmackDown. I don't know that he achieved it, though. The fucking hubris. The hubris. Okay, Dickerous, get as close to that sun as you want to and see what fucking happens. Like, no way. And and by the way, I don't know what SmackDown's ratings have been in the entirety of its program, but I fucking guarantee you that it never got to fucking friends level at their lowest rated episode. I, I know for a long time they couldn't even beat Raw. So, uh, I mean, there's that. Uh, the one thing I will say is that this is also right around the time that they had beaten the fuck out of and really ran away from WCW. And it looked as if they were basically the only show in town that mattered. They weren't the only show in town, but the only show in town that mattered. Um, So you think more is better, more isn't always better. And that's what we've seen with, you know, Raw and SmackDown at times being a thing, uh, you know, within one week. Uh, friends had a monkey. Uh, Vince McMahon proved in the eighties that WWE can't be trusted with a monkey. They, they were never going to reach the heights of friends. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, that was the difference, isn't it? Right. Like yeah, it was, yeah. they just needed I mean, a monkey. Can difference. I also say, I don't know the years and everything, but I've watched friends and I love friends. Okay. But the first two or three seasons sucked really bad. So (laughs) the betrayal, the betrayal on Erica's face right now. (laughs) Yeah. The show did not get good or start getting good until season three or four. It was not funny, not good storytelling at all. So if that's the, the, the version of friends that Vince McMahon was hoping to be better than, then it is a realistic goal, but the friends obviously took over once time went on. First of all, season one of Friends had numerous great episodes. The blackout. Uh, you had the you know the first Thanksgiving episode where uh, the float got away and they were locked out of the apartment. Also, they had a monkey. Come on, it was gold. <laughs> no, trust me, I will pull a bunch of episodes that are do it. It's, it was it was as cheesy as it gets. Okay, it was. We it, were on a break. Right. That <laughs> happened till in, the, later. in the first three seasons. Bitch. I, no, said, I, said, I said not till season three. All I right. said season three is when they got good. That's okay. what I said. Okay. I will reserve my anger a smidge. I thought you meant it got good after season three. I'm like, season three had great episodes. Season three had the one where uh, Monica got stung by a jellyfish. Yes, yes. Great episode. I would pee on any one of you. Yes, I know. I know that. All right. It's not that that common. It doesn't happen to every guy, and it is a big deal. Yes, yes, yes. All right. All right. Sorry, so your course, absolutely. <laughs> That's going to wrap up all three rounds of uh, regular competition. As we head into the final fall, Erica, collect yourself. Let us know where the points are. I know. I think I need a goddamn minute. Whew, okay. the, office, the office is better than friends, by the way. That's for another podcast. Yeah, this whole conversation Sorry. could be a completely other Chuck podcast. And, Chuck and Shawnee are about to rip our heads off. Go ahead, tell us. Well, I mean, Seinfeld look, sucks. So, yes. yes. I mean, Seinfeld's okay. I don't think it. it What's should the get score again? <laughs> <laughs> Shawnee has no stake in that, this particular conversation. 
I can't wait for you to tank Final Fall, sir. <laughs> anyway, wow, Shawnee has dude. three points. Uh, Justin has eight. Nate has nine. Let's go into Final Fall. It's going to be a hoot. God damn it. <laughs> it's going to be a hoot. God damn it. I hate, I hate That's another hoots. great sticker right there. I hate All right, your hoots. For, for our Final Fall, we've got uh, the... You, you've seen us do this before where... Uh, everybody will go around the room and everybody can give out uh, answers. Each answer is worth two points and you've got a three strike rule in effect. So uh, everybody get ready for this. Obviously we've talked about survivor series uh, that's coming up. Uh, how, what's the time clock right on us now, Justin? Oh, uh, we're uh, 20 minutes away. Exactly. From the kickoff show. So excited. Yeah. As we record, 20 minutes away from the kickoff show, The Undertaker uh, was seemingly everywhere this week in the lead-up to tonight's Survivor Series pay-per-view, which will mark the 30th anniversary of the Dead Man's debut. For two points each, name any wrestler that appeared at the Survivor Series in one of those matches in 1990. Oh, we will go around the room. <laughs> starting with, uh, we'll, we'll start with Shawnee. We'll move on to Nate and then Justin and then back to Shawnee. I was born six years after this. I don't know what to tell you, Justin. It happened on the show, and that's your biggest uh, complaint typically about the questions. I, I have a, hang on. Hang on. I, I have a question. So yeah. okay. so we're talking about the four-on-four four Survivor Series matches and naming one person yeah. in any of those matches. Yes. That oh. is correct. I just watched this OSW review, guys. You're fucked. Oh, no. You're fucked. All right. I'm going to say The Undertaker, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Ooh, I got one. Wait, no, I, I mean, don't got one. I don't, it is correct. Yeah, that, is that, correct. that counts. Yeah, that's correct. That counts. Mr. Perfect. Yes, absolutely. Two points for you. Justin, you're next. Uh, Let's do... I don't know, Hulk Hogan. Absolutely. There's two points on the board for Justin. We'll go Score. back to Shawnee. Man, 1990 is a really, really long time ago, Chuck. 30 um, years. I'm going to guess the ultimate warrior. He was there. He was in a match. Absolutely. That's two points. That's the fun about this particular one is that I think all of us remember that era of wrestling. So even if you don't remember the event very well, you can kind of like throw a dart in the dark. And uh, at you know anybody that was wrestling in that particular oh. time frame and hit somebody. Oh, when I fail, I have the excuse that I wasn't alive, so it's cool. That's fair. Okay, look, you're number one WWE fan. You got your foam finger. Uh, you got the network. You should. Everyone should go back and watch uh, the 1990 Survivor Series. It is my favorite Survivor Series. It is the most ludicrous. Roddy Piper is on commentary with Gorilla Monsoon. Um, he cuts a mini promo on Saddam Hussein at the start of the pay-per-view. It's a great pay-per-view. All right, Nate, yeah. you're up next. Uh, let's go with Martin Gennetti, attorney at law. Martin <laughs> yep, absolutely. He was there. He was. Justin, you're next. Um, Ted DiBiase. Yes, Ted DiBiase was there. Back to Sean. Sean Michaels. I have to imagine he was there. I just have to find him. Yeah, yes. there he is. Yeah, he's there. I've got a whole list of them in front of me here. All right. So two more points for Shawnee. Uh, Nate. He killed a woman, Jimmy Snuka. Yes, <laughs> that's absolutely true. Jimmy Snuka did kill a woman and was at Survivor Series 1990. Uh, sure. Justin. Uh, Rick Flair. I think that may be our first incorrect answer. I wasn't Strike alive. Strike one, sir. 
Yep. No, okay. Well, shut up. <laughs> Ric Flair was still over in WCW at the time. Like, motherfucker, I make for a living have to write stuff about like Pink Floyd's The Wall. I wasn't alive when The Wall was released either. You're but allowed I still to look it up. You, have to, you can look it up when you write about it. I can't look it up. I'd be cheating. Erica, Erica, though, you have to remember that Justin is like, he's a golden retriever. So he has object permanence that if it happened before he was alive, he doesn't know anything. Nothing. That's fine. All right. Back at it. All right. Uh, we're, we're to Shawnee, I believe. Mm, you said Ted DiBiase was there. How about Virgil? I think he was there, but I don't know that he was in a match. Fuck money. <laughs> Good guess, though, man. Yep. Nope. Sorry about that. So one, one incorrect answer. You're doing all right. Uh, back to Nate. Died from multiple gunshot wounds. Dino Bravo. Yes, absolutely. Dino Bravo. I'm noticing a theme with the ones Nate's uh, picking up, and they're all very dark. Uh, just Sadly, there's a lot of people that have been murdered within this group. So There's a lot of dead people on this card, period. Yeah. Yeah, the, it, um, the dead guy count is sad. Yeah. All um, right, so we'll take it back to Justin. Big Boss Man. He was doing hard time at Survivor Series 1990. He was there. Absolutely. Uh, back to you, Sean. Hmm, that was a great answer. Great answer. I think thanks, I might be at thanks, my buddy. the end of my rope here. Let's guess Yokozuna. Ooh, ooh, Yokozuna. I think this may predate Yokozuna. It is. I think Yokozuna oh. was 92. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. So that's uh you're you're two down, but you've still got uh opportunity for at least one more incorrect answer there, Shawnee. We'll move it back to Nate. Um, let's see, I could pick any one of these three crush. Yes, Crush was a- absolutely in a uh, Survivor Series match in 1990. Justin? Um, Goldust. No. No, Goldust was not uh, not part of the WWE quite yet. He was very much in WCW. I can guess any one of these two. I'm going to say Axe. There you go. Yeah, Axe was absolutely there. And Smash will take Team Perfect off of the table. Yep, there you go. Uh, Justin, you've got uh, one more strike that you can you can have name me uh name me a wrestler that was at survivor series 1990 um i know this is wrong but i can't i can't think of a name right now uh bret hart bret hart was there oh was it oh sweet okay i knew that was right. no, I remember. like i said I there's answer. a lot of really big names you can pretty much uh throw out a big name and they're probably there unless they're rick flair was uh king kong bundy still around at that point oh that is a Great question. Uh, I think it no. was. I think it was pre Bundy. I think well, it was no, not pre Bundy. It might have been pre Bundy's return, but Bundy yeah, was no, in that's the 80s. that's what I meant. Yeah, because he was there in the eighties. He left and then came back. I want to say in like ninety four. Hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, King Kong Bundy was not there. So, uh, what is Sean's point total at the end of that? Sean, it has eleven points. So. Eleven. Okay, yes. we'll uh, take it back to Nate. Uh, let's go with Jake LaSnake Roberts. Oh, yep. Jake Roberts absolutely was part of this, uh, this event for two more points. Justin. Um, don't guess Davy boy Smith. <laughs> Davy boy Smith. <laughs> I just told you not to guess it. You butthole. I, I don't, I, I, I legitimately don't, I can't, I don't no. have another, another name. No, no Davy boy Smith. I, I legitimately don't have another name in my head right now. No Davy Boy Smith at this event. Uh, Erica, what was uh, Justin's point total at the end of 
his run here? Uh, Justin, after getting his third strike, he had 16 points and uh, at leaves. Nate left and he has uh, taken the lead with 23. Nate, I am going to twist that knife and tell you how close you were. Jim, the Clanville Nightheart. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Jim, Clanville. Yeah. Oh yeah, you didn't you didn't see any of his indie run-ins when he would run in on Virgil in a full clan outfit? No. Uh, yes, wow. that happened. That oh, man. oh yeah. Oh professional yeah. wrestling, uh, everybody. Geez. Hey, I found out how to make Natalia relevant. Yikes. Copy that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Are one gimmick. She should be teamed up to, with we, Lacey Evans. We, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we literally do not need to revive that gimmick at all. No, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. All right, well, uh, that I mean that that takes it. Uh, Nate, you are once again our one fall show champion. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you, uh, can, can we read the the names that they didn't get? Sure, absolutely. absolutely. I gotta I've hear been, these. I've been hiding. Yeah, okay, well, I'm gonna, gonna hate myself people. every time. Uh, earthquake. I want to see how many I can. I can. I thought name. about guessing earthquakes. <laughs> yeah, let, let's Nate. Let's see how good. Yeah, let, let's All name right. them. Yeah, All right. Nate, name me some uh, more, Nate. Let's see. Uh, the Barbarian. Yep. Um, Haku. Yep. Uh, I literally like just watched this. Um, Jim Duggan, Tuggers, Tugboat. Oh, Jim Duggan. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nikolai Volkov, uh, Boris Zukov. Um, I never got that. Tatanka. No. Um, no. Oh, oh, fuck. Who am I? Oh, Tatanka's there. No, t- no, no. Oh, no, it's Tanaka. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, fuck. Um, who else is there? I'm missing someone. I'm missing an entire team. Yeah, you are. Fill us in, Chuck. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I got this. It's one of the Von Erics. It's the Von Eric that went to WWF, the Texas Tornado. Yeah, um, Von Eric. And then, uh, fuck. It was a both, tag team. Both of the Road Warriors. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Couldn't oh. couldn't come up with it. Uh, both of the Bushwhackers, Luke and Butch. Yeah, I was going to guess Bushwhackers. I could not think of either of their actual names. I could just see them <laughs> dancing around in my head. Uh, Rick, Rick Martell was in there. Rick Martell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Greg Valentine and the Honky Tonk Man. Rhythm and yep. Blue. Paul Roma. Hercules. The Warlord. Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yeah. Dusty Rhodes was in there. Coco Beware and the uh, Barbarian. I'm telling you guys, you got to watch OSW Review. So uh, I feel like we're all uh, we're all ready for Survivor Series with about nine minutes left. Uh, let's go around the room. I'll give each of you 60 seconds. Starting with you, Nate. Did we miss anything this week? Or uh, is there anything you'd like to tell the people before we take off? Trying to think if there was anything that we missed. It was it was not exactly the most notable week in mm-hmm. wrestling. No, I, you know what? I'm just going to take my moment to tell uh, Dad Bod Chris Jericho that he can fuck all the way off uh, for his uh, political views that he puts on Twitter. And uh, for someone who isn't, quote, a political person, um, maybe you should shut the fuck up a little bit more. All right. Keeping it short and sweet. Our, uh, our new champion that. here on the One Fall Show. Uh, we'll take it to uh, Justin. You were so close, and then we yeah. unfortunately talked about something that happened before you were born. That's 60 fair. seconds on the clock. I'm proud of myself that, you know, six years before I was alive and I hung in there for a minute. Proud of that. One thing, NXT needs to take the women's tag titles from WWE and bring it to their show because they proved last week they could pull it off 
10,000 times better than what we're seeing at uh, WWE right now. Um, and I'm sorry. We know it's not Undertaker's farewell. It's a matter of who's going to come out and set up a WrestleMania match. Um, and I personally believe, I don't, I know a lot of people don't want to see it because of age. I think we're going to get sting. I think they're going to try to push undertaker versus sting for his final match. Yes. It should have happened 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I get it. But I think that's the one match taker wants to say happened before he's done. And I think he's done after that. All right, coming in just under time there. Shawnee, you got 60 seconds on the clock. Anything you uh, like to tell the people? Anything we missed this week? No, I'm just really hoping that we see KO in the Survivor Series tonight. Um, I want to see him reunited with Sami Zayn. I think that Sami facing the Hurt Business, which is a heel squad that has been gaining tons and tons of heat on Raw, is ripe to get abused by them. Perhaps a heel face, perhaps uh, a face, a heel face, perhaps a face Mm -hmm. turn. Perhaps someone needs to come in and save him. Perhaps KO and uh, and Daniel Bryan need something to do tonight while they seem to be assembling factions over in WWE. Do something like that. Give me some pizzazz. I really don't give a fuck what they're going to do with The Undertaker. Maybe a hologram by the time we get to WrestleMania. And as we all know, I'm not looking forward to the fact that there will one day be a holographic Undertaker performing at the top of the card. But I'm an ardent believer that that is what is going to happen. Do not care. Bring back my sweet baby, Kevin Owens. All right. Uh, before we sign off, Erica, did you have anything you wanted to uh, tell the people that we missed out on this week? Is KO yeah. on the uh, the SmackDown team? I don't even fucking know. He is. No, yeah. No, Shit. I, so anything I, I said is, is irrelevant. Yeah. Is wrong? No one even knows. What kind of show <laughs> is this? I don't mean our show. I mean fucking SmackDown. Come on, Fox. <laughs> get your act together. I'm almost Erica, positive he is. I thought so. Uh, I, I will say if this if this past week has taught me anything, it's that I really wish kayfabe was still kind of a thing uh, because The Undertaker was quite literally everywhere. He was in People magazine. He was uh, uh, for a limited time, I guess, on Cameo uh, through the WWE. You could get a message from The Undertaker. And then to cap it all off, I'm scrolling through Twitter, minding my own goddamn business, and I see a still from, of him from Hot Ones. I don't want to see the dead man eat hot wings, okay? I want the spooky... You'll rue the day. Bullshit dead mortician who scares the hell out of me. I don't want to know that he eats chicken wings. It just, it hurts me. It just, it was just a, it was a week where I'm like, you know, I really, it's dead. The dead man is dead to me. Uh, American badass taker must have been just a really difficult time for you. Yeah. I wasn't watching wrestling much then. So there you go. go. Hot ones was better than anything. WWE programming put on this week because well, biker taker and big evil that kind of opened up undertake Mark to be out and about in real life. You know what I mean? So, well, I mean, but there was still, he still kind of lived the gimmick. We didn't see him in people magazine. Okay. That's and that's where I'm like, no, I do. No. Hey, Faye, bring it back. God damn it. And make sure you follow the undertaker on TikTok. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Come on. That's a must follow. Absolutely not. Uh, my name is Chuck Bean. You can find me on uh, the Nerd Radio podcast. You can find me with Shawnee on the uh, 
Talk Horror to Me podcast. We just recorded our episode for Thanksgiving, which should be out later this week. And we thank you for joining us for the One Fall Show podcast. Make sure if you want to take part in the One Fall Show to email us at onefallshow at gmail.com and make sure you're following us on a whole bunch of social media. Erica, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. Uh, Shawnee, how about you? You can find me on Instagram at Shawnee.constant. You can find me running the One Fall Show Twitter. I'll be live tweeting during this very exciting pay-per-view tonight, as a matter of fact. Justin, how about you? Where can people find you online? I'll be live tweeting, too, because I'm so excited for it. Um, all over social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk or uh, JVSportsTalk.com. And what about you, Nate? Instead of watching Survivor Series, I've decided I'm going to go watch Hell Comes to Frogtown because I'd rather watch a real wrestler do some fake bullshit instead. Uh, you can find me at Nate Benderama on Twitter uh, and also streaming uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays over at uh, twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. And of course, Saturdays, 4 p.m. Make sure you join us for Super Universe Mode Live. I'm glad you brought up Hell Comes to Frogtown. That is a cinematic masterpiece. It truly is. You guys just frog like tits, random boobs. everyone. Frog yeah. tits. I'm, there we go. I'm like, that's all. That's what it's for. Come on. Thank you once again for uh, this week's One Fall Show. Have a fantastic Thanksgiving and uh, be safe and make sure you follow us, like us, review us wherever you get in your podcast and meet us back here next week and we'll talk about what happened at Survivor Series. Who will survive? Who? Who? Hoo, hoo, hoo. Did any of you guys see the late breaking news that there may be a new WWE show to help develop uh, more in-ring NXT talent? Just what we need. Yeah, more I thought it was WWE. Called, I thought called that NXT. was called main event. Yeah. No, no, NXT doesn't get to go on the main event, do they? I don't even know. I've never watched main event. It's been on for a thousand years. I've never seen it. No, they they don't. Well, I will let you guys know that I am starving because this yeah, went wrong with the issues, and I got puschetti that I can smell from my room. Ooh, get it. So get All right, Erica, go. you got some you got some titles real quick. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Five bark. Five marks. Bitch about storylines. Nate yells a lot this episode. Pat McAfee equals MVA. Most valuable asshole. Uh. The anti fake Tanner Society. Um, I just have in all caps, Kenta exclamation point, uh, which, which I, I am personally leaning towards. Um, Vince McMahon is the devil and Dickerous because, because that's what we said about him twice in this episode. Um, blood money fa- flavored dicks. And then Florida come and lick our floors, doorknobs and handrails. So there you go. <laughs> I like either Florida yeah, I like Florida. McAfee or Kenta, but I'm leaning toward Florida. Loser licks the doorknob. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the that's, that's what I got. Excuse me, I'm over here gagging. <laughs>